Welcome back to episode 21 of the Run It Three Ways podcast. This week we've got plenty to cover, including the first Diamond League of the season, listener Mary's sore calves and Tom's trip to Germany for the Adidas Road to Records. Before we jump into the good stuff, let's set the scene. It's not Sunday when we usually record our weekly podcast, but a Wednesday afternoon. How are we doing, boys? All right, boys. How are you doing? We're back, baby. It's good, isn't it? I know it's good. Good to have you back, Tom. I can't, it feels like ages since we recorded a, a three man, even though it was only two episodes ago. But uh, the schedule's been off a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it does feel like ages. I love how Ben, you say in the intro, uh, Sunday when we usually record. When was yeah. the last time we recorded on a Sunday? <laughs> yeah, probably more episodes have been recorded midweek than than on Sundays now. But yeah, it'd be nice if we can get back to them. But we're all we've all got busy schedules, so kind of just fitting it in and in and around when mm. we when we can, obviously. Uh, other stuff sometimes has to take priorities like you've got your daughter and Callum's got races across across the other side of the world and uh, I'm always busy doing something or other so yeah good to jump on a weekly podcast even though we've now got to try and talk about last week even though we're halfway through next week but um, I'm sure we'll be all right as long as we don't uh, mention Callum's upset tummy this week we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, I know, right? I, I feel extra bad as well because someone messaged me on Instagram saying, um, "Oh, just want to check, like, is everything all right? You, you, you were a bit, you're a bit somber on last week's episode." And I was like, "Oh, mate, like, if you think I was quiet on last week's episode, wait until you hear me this week." But for context, I'm just laying in bed in my boxers, having only eaten a banana and a bagel over the last 48 hours. It's not, I'm not in a good place. But as you'll Sorry. hear on episode 22, you can hear more about that. Um, yeah. I have a, I have a really good uh, week actually in this episode. So. Get, <laughs> So get get ready for that. It's nice. Yeah, listeners will have to wait until episode 22 to hear about you exploding from every orifice. So look forward to that, guys. Yeah, it's can't wait great. for next week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Oh, how are you, Ben? I am good, thank you. Yeah. Um, shall I jump into my, my week of training? Had a pretty good one. Um, building things back uh, after, well, I keep saying after Boston. It's been like three weeks now. I feel like this is probably the last episode that I can mention uh, Boston Marathon, but yeah, no, I had a good week of training. Um, actually started the week with a race. Would you believe it? Um, so it was May the first. Um, my local, uh, well, I say local. The village next to me is Witham, and they have a a ten mile race every every May the first. Um, it's their annual race that raises money for the local running club, Witham uh, RC. Um, so it was nice to just go along there. Entered on the day, last minute sort of decision. Um, I decided not to do my long run on Sunday and move it to the Monday morning um, and do this sort of 10 mile race as a bit of a, a long run threshold effort. Um, so got down there nice and early. Um, I think the race started at around 10.30. So not too bad, actually, uh, especially for a bank holiday. Um, and yeah, the race went pretty well. Uh, I ran 3.22s per kilometre for the for the 10 miles. Um, and I finished in first position, which is always nice, always good to get the win. Um, I sort of just ran with the, the front pack for the first three or four miles. And then I just sort of maintained the pace, to be honest with you, and, and the pack slowly whittled down. Um, we probably had about five or six of us running low 320s for the first 5K, and then slowly people started dropping off. Um, but yeah, it was a good little, a good little run out what? after Boston. Um, yeah, sorry, Cam. No, I was just gonna say, what's for context for listeners? What's that compared to like another race distance? Because ten miles is a bit weird. So, like, what's your kind of marathon pace in kilometers, or or maybe what's your half marathon pace in terms of PBs? 
yeah so in terms of pb my half marathon pace i think is 308 per kilometer and my marathon pace is three so it's a little bit faster than marathon pace and pr probably felt a little bit harder than marathon pace and just because my legs are still a little bit sore but um yeah finished in 54 minutes and two seconds for the 10 miles which was three minutes slower than last year but this year i didn't really race it race it um it was more of just a, a threshold effort and try and get the win on my local loop and this is this race is literally around um my local loop that i do i even did it this morning actually um so it's nice just to to get a race done uh on your on your local roads it's hard to to say no to to an event like that when it's literally on my doorstep so yeah that was good fun nice to be part of the local running community um, did you get a prize ben was there a prize for winning i did get a nice trophy actually um no prize money but a big fat trophy that's now sitting on my desk which um yeah i mean i didn't have to work too hard for it but nonetheless a win's a win i guess um yeah. so that was a good start to the week a 10 miler on monday and then on tuesday i did a 70 minutes easy sorry one second here my strava's been a little bit slow um i've just clicked off my week brilliant Sorry, I've got it. You did 70 minutes recovery. It was about nine miles at 7.48 per mile. That is correct. Yeah. 4.51 per kilometre. Um, so, yeah, legs feeling a little bit sore, maybe. Nice and easy recovery run in the morning. Uh, and then uh, in the evening, got out again for 45 minutes, uh, a little bit faster, 4.37s per kilometre. Um, and I've got here still light. Uh, I, I started this run at 8.15 and had a busy day so i didn't get out until the till the evening and yeah it was really nice to to run and it still be light i managed to get out in the country lanes even at eight o'clock um which for me is a is a game changer where i live is is all countryside so in the in the winter i really struggle with running routes but at the moment i can pretty much run everywhere which is is really nice um then on to wednesday um i did a 20 kilometer progression run um so started off at easy pace and every five kilometers I sort of picked up the pace a little bit, but still nothing, nothing crazy. Starting off at sort of more recovery pace and finishing at a, a steady effort. Um, I've added in a few progression runs to my to my training in uh, just to replace some, some of the easy runs, just to add a little bit of intensity, but hopefully not build too much fatigue ahead of sort of key sessions. Um, then on to Thursday, which was my main session of the week. I did 10 by a mile uh, on the treadmill, um, three three mile warm up, three mile uh, warm down. Wore the original uh, Alpha Flies for this one. Haven't worn them for a little while. Uh, the shoes that I actually ran my first marathon in in Copenhagen in, um, and yeah, they they still feel incredible. Like I think the Alpha, I think because of running so many different shoes recently, just forget I forget sometimes how good the original Alpha Flies were. Um, and this session felt really good. Did. Uh, reps at a five minute mile pace so 307 uh, per kilometer on the treadmill uh, and yeah 90 grams of carbs two bottles of electrolytes so um, yeah big session to do on the treadmill but nice to keep the fueling and everything in the controlled condition um, yeah quite enjoyed that one felt pretty smooth probably the easiest that type of work has felt uh, for a little while what was um what was your reasoning for doing such a beefy session um, on a treadmill when you're like say a few weeks removed from Boston and gearing up for track season? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think for the next sort of three or four weeks, I'm going to be focused a bit more on 
threshold training um just trying to top up the base because um my training recently has has taken a little bit of a decrease in volume just naturally because of the the races that i've been doing so if you look at my training before boston maybe the two or three weeks before that my training volume was quite low so i'm keen just to to build the volume up a little bit over the next few weeks and then i'm gonna focus a bit more on like 3k 5k sessions um but for the meantime keeping the keeping the volume high but not too intense in terms of speeds um so probably not going to do much uh 5 10k pace stuff over the next few weeks but then as the the month progresses progress progression progresses i'll <laughs> i'll start doing some um some faster stuff so for the time being i'm just doing these sort of more marathon focus sessions i guess you could say um to try and top that base fitness up a little bit before i dial down some speed yeah nice that's my thinking anyway um and then in the afternoon did a 40 minute uh core session um just the one core session this week trying to do two a week but um yep just the one and then on to friday i did a uh just a recovery run again got absolutely soaked on this run um 70 minutes at four minute 48 per kilometer um and yeah it absolutely tipped it down um but yep got got to get out there in all conditions uh one for the cookie jar that one uh and then on to saturday uh i had a long run planned um two hours i'd planned to do but um i went out the night before had uh five beers and i've uh proudly written that on my strava post um but it was kind of just a bit of a reminder like it's good to to let your hair down and go out and have a few beers with with the boys it was my housemate charlie's uh birthday bash we went and did some some top golf um, which was great fun uh, but it meant the next day I was feeling a little bit groggy for my long run. So pace was a little bit slower than I wanted. And I only ran for an hour and 37 minutes instead of the two hours. I was just feeling really flat and, to be honest, couldn't be bothered. So, yeah, 330, uh, 3.56 per kilometre for 24 kilometres. Um, so that was my long run for the week. And then the final run was on Sunday uh, with my Chelmsford teammate, Seb. He came to me and he wanted to do a bit of a long run. Uh, as well so we did uh 20 20 kilometers sorry at easy pace 424s per kilometer uh to finish off a, a pretty good week of sort of base building i guess you could you could say 146 kilometers um for the week so yeah good a good sort of second week back into training um hopefully increase the mileage a tiny bit um over the next few weeks but that'll probably be as high as i go before starting to do a bit more speed work in in say three or four weeks time before I prepare to do some five and three K track races. Solid. Yeah, very solid. Very solid. Ninety miles, can't complain with that. Good sounds what, like a good week. What beers did you drink on that um Friday night, Ben? What was the beer of choice? Beer of choice. Uh, this is a funny one actually because I was reading um Callum's comments on his Strava on one of his runs <laughs> in the week and somebody like wrote, I bet Ben is like a a neck oil drinker and he <laughs> and he counts 330 mil cans as pints or something like that <laughs> did you see that Callum uh I'll have to find it I'll have a look now yeah well I was like oh brilliant someone's roasting me there I mean he wasn't far off it was neck oil that I was drinking um it's one of my favorites from Beaver Town. I think it's an IPA um and then yeah probably a couple of local just pints of lager at, at the pub um nothing fancy <laughs> i just seen the comment now sam sam heathcote the question he says just the question is did you drink more lager than than five beers ben is running i'd imagine <laughs> you, 
I'd imagine you drink proper pints, but I reckon Ben is a 3.30 brew dog kind of bloke. What a bastard, eh? <laughs> I read that, I couldn't help but chuckle. He tagged me as well, so it actually popped up on my phone. Um, no, that was That's a good brilliant. roast. Yeah, good roast for, oh. for the end to, to end the week. That is funny. That is funny. Oh, I now, I now need to get back onto my my week. I've uh, I'm oh, too no, busy looking. Off it. I was looking at the guy that roasted you. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> that's a good week, Ben. It's a good week. Um, Tom, do you want to? Um, do you want me to go through my running week, or do you want to fill us in with the stuff that you got up to to make it a bit of a sandwich? Um, we could do a sandwich. Can we? Should we do yeah. a sandwich. What have you been up to, Tommy boy? Um, everything's sort of merged into one. To be honest, that's the the biggest thing I've noticed without running is how like just general routine and day-to-day everything is blurred all of the lines are blurred so um i went to the week before last week um which is the week i missed on the podcast i was in germany for most of the week at the uh, uh adidas's head offices in herzo i won't try and pronounce the entire name of the place herzo gunagunagunag or something um <laughs> i won't do it but i'm gonna give it a go anyway go on that's what, um, you, that's what you just did. <laughs> you said you wouldn't pronounce it, and then you just did. I, I tried my best. Um, but anyway, that was good fun. That was for the uh, the Addy Zero Road to Records uh, event, which was a little bit of an anti-climax, to be perfectly honest, from an actual record-setting um, perspective. Mm. But, you know, they had some decent people there. They had Kajelcha down there. Uh, Kibiwat Candier was there. Ronex Caprito. Um you know, it was it was solid, solid turnout, but the weather just wasn't quite world record conditions. It was a bit windy um, and whatnot. But the, the most amazing part of it is the actual Adidas headquarters themselves. They are sensational. They're like, yeah, some of the buildings look like spaceships. Um, and like the, the amount of facilities they've got there for like product testing stuff, um, you know, it's it's unbelievable. So the main premise of the trip was to get a little insight into what's coming up for Adidas in uh, 2024 from a product standpoint. Cause you know, they've had decent racing shoes for a little while now, um, but their daily mileage shoes have been utter trolley to be honest, haven't they? Mm. Like Ben, have you, have you been excited about wearing an Adidas daily trainer like ever in your no, life? No, To be honest with you, I've avoided them. They've just been a bit, bit average, bit naff. Yeah. They're more, more, focus on lifestyle i feel like yeah i see more um ultra boosts on the feet of like kids on council estates than i do on runners <laughs> feet so um yeah i definitely feel like they need to to up their game when it comes to daily daily trainers that's for sure kids in council estates bloody hell ben. i've got so there. i've got so many i've got so many questions now because knowing where you live ben i can't imagine where the nearest council estate is <laughs> if i could i can't imagine what you're doing near it and what you're doing looking at their feet but uh (laughs) each to their own oh yeah but so so that was basically most of most of the week and then we had a lovely bank holiday didn't we um we did which was nice yeah may is the greatest month ever by the way back to back bank holidays yeah how many have we got we've got three just in a just in the same month yeah special two back, yeah, back it, then a break uh, then another one one's only for this year though surely right or do we get this coronation one every year it's a good no. question i don't it's know surely it's just a one-off in it because they're yeah, the big concert and a big hoo-ha they ain't doing that every year mm. yeah surely be surely nice not. though surely you can have another one 
<laughs> just have another one every but year yeah. just celebrate the coronation the one year anniversary <laughs> Woo! The, the the only negative thing about this whole experience right is i had a ben felton style trip home oh no um, so the headquarters for anybody who doesn't know this place in herzo the nearest like major city is nuremberg it's about a 45 minute bus journey to get there um and then isn't that the one with a really fast like bullet train or something like that I don't know. I wasn't on any bloody super fast bullet trains. I'll tell you that much. Oh, I was on okay. coaches stuck in lots of traffic. Um, but anyway, that so we had to get from Nuremberg to get home. We had to fly from Nuremberg to Frankfurt, then Frankfurt to Heathrow. We're already going to land quite late at night, like gone 10. Um, and they did that lovely thing where they, they're not particularly stringent on letting people on the plane with loads of different bags. So, you know, you've got your little carry-on bag and maybe a handbag or something like that. There were people who had full-on suitcases and backpacks and, like, tote bags. So, once we got on the plane to go from Frankfurt to Heathrow, it took ages. It was like Tetris, everyone trying to fit their bags in the top bit. And then when that finally happened and a few fights nearly broke out, uh, they got everyone sat down and then announced that that plane was actually broken. Oh, so everyone no. had to, get, <laughs> yeah, it was good. Everyone had to get off that plane, go to a different gate, um, and wait another hour to get on another plane. So didn't get back to London until like half eleven, probably closer to midnight. Hadn't eaten anything, so um, I ate two double McPlants at one in the morning in my hotel room, <laughs> which was a yeah a sorry double state. McPlants. I didn't even know that was a thing. Double McPlants, Ben. That's yeah. hefty. I might yeah. have to try one of those. I've tried a McPlant, but never a double. I'll tell you what, when I recover from this sickness, I'm going to go and treat myself to McPlant for the well, first time. It. It, Callum, yeah. You'll surprise yourself. They're actually like, yummy, but don't get the double. I'd, I'd recommend just getting the, the regular McPlant. The double was a bit too much. Um, better better ratio with the single. On. Yeah, I mean, I ate two of them, so they weren't that bad, but I prefer, <laughs> the, <laughs> I prefer the, the distribution and the ratios that you got going on with the original. Um, Good to know. Yeah, that was that. And apart from that, last week, I didn't really do much at all. We had the bank holiday again, which was very nice. Um, but as far as injury is concerned, uh, things are going well. Things are improving quite nicely. I feel like I've turned a corner with it. Uh, and I've actually noticed like clear improvement for the first time in, well, like six weeks. So it's been about nine weeks of no running now, which is painful to say out loud. Um but I've got to give uh, a massive, massive shout out to uh, to Rose, who I think we've spoken about on the podcast before, who um, she's a bone injury specialist, but she's given up every couple of weeks. We have a little check in. Um, and yeah, like her level of expertise is is unbelievable. Like she's had bone stress injuries herself in the past. Um, and she's got I got quite a few people reaching out, asking like details about them and, and you know, people who are worried that maybe they've got a stress fracture or response and they don't know what to do um rose has set up her own private practice um so a little plug podiumphysiotherapy.co.uk um if you want to if you've got any concerns about running related injuries you can go there and be fully confident that you're getting someone who's got well over a decade of experience with like running related injuries is a runner themselves um, and as you know, I can only speak from personal experience, but her advice has been spot on so far. So good timing for this podcast. I had my last chat with her last night. Um, 
and we did the hop test. So, I mean, clues in the name, right? You, you hop on the affected leg, and if you don't get any pain or discomfort associated with it, you pass the test, um, and it's sort of a clearance to start some kind of cross-training and physical exercise again. So we're starting very, very easy, um, but she's given me like a full rehab program um, so I can do body weight, some body weight exercises, some squats, some lunges, some glute bridges, some resistance bands, work, that kind of stuff, um, just to get things firing again, just to get things activated because it's been so long since I did any kind of activity. If I suddenly started hammering out sessions on the bike, I'd be in pieces. Um, so yeah, nice, slow, gentle approach to it do that for a couple of weeks uh, and then start doing some proper strength and conditioning stuff in the gym. So I'll be in the gym a couple of times a week. If all goes to plan a um, couple of times a week, doing some actual lifting, some loading. Uh, and then the other days doing cross training on, on the bike. So yeah, it's uh it's been a long, long old journey, hasn't it so far? Um, but we're finally on the upswing of it. Um, and once that cross training starts and once that starts going well, hopefully, that's when like run walk and running drills. You've probably seen Jake Smith doing it recently. I think he's just like a few weeks ahead of me in the rehab process. Um, but he's been jogging on grass for like five minutes at a time and doing running drills and all of that kind of stuff now alongside the strength and conditioning um, and cross training. So mm. hopefully that'll be me in a few weeks time. Yeah, Exciting stuff. Shout, shout yeah, out shout to out. I was just going to say the same. Yeah, shout out to Rose for that. Sounds like she's done a good job. Yeah. I think the, the key is just going to be coming back sensibly, I think, isn't it? Of like, it's going to be exciting once you can do things again. And often a lot of people get the kind of the mojo back and the endorphins from doing exercise regularly. And you're going to be so excited to be like, oh, yeah, I'll do this or lift heavier, <laughs> lift, lift heavier squatting because, you know, I can get a PB every single time I go to the gym or do this, do that. So, yeah. yeah, it's great that you've got someone to guide you with a bit of a plan and manage the load that you're putting through yourself because often a lot of people i wouldn't well this is a complete guess but i would imagine a lot of people come back from an injury and then are way more susceptible to another injury through just kind of doing too much too soon if you see what i mean yeah it's, it's a good point and something i've been thinking about quite a lot recently is like when you're injured you really romanticize the idea of running like if i close my eyes i can i can feel what it feels like i can literally feel like taking steps on tarmac or you know went for a walk around the uh like up and down the canal over the bank holiday the first time i've been on there uh and it was like my regular <laughs> out and back running route when the weather's nice and i could i was so tempted just to like break into a jog up and down the canal just to remind myself what it feels like but you really think so fondly of running and you assume that you know you're suddenly going to have this day where you're you get all cleared from the injury to run again and you're going to be doing like an hour and feeling fantastic when the reality is you know, it's going to be such a gradual, it should be such a gradual return from like a serious injury that you're never going to get that overnight. Oh, now I can run for an hour and I can do this and I can do all the things I want to. It's just a very, uh, yeah, gradual reintroduction into volume and running again. Um, so yeah, it's, it's exciting. I just know there's still, you know, definitely not out of the woods yet. There's still a long way to go before I'm doing any considerable amount of of mileage mm -hmm. um one question i wanted yeah. to ask with re relating to um your bone injury obviously is have you mentioned or talked to rose about any supplements at all um the reason i ask is because recently i've uh, ever since talking about stress fractures 
uh, and stuff like that, bone related injuries. Um, I've started taking some calcium supplements. I think it's yeah. the the capsules are called like total bone or something like that. Um, cause obviously as runners, we're putting our bodies under a lot of impact. Um, and I just thought, why not try and add some thought, some sort of supplement into my routine to hopefully mitigate anything happening to me. Cause obviously what you've gone through has been pretty traumatic. Um, so I just wondered if you touched on supplements or food or nutrition or anything like that with, with Rose, or is that not really her specialty? Yeah, d- definitely. So calcium, like you mentioned is a big one. So I'm supplementing with that now. That was the only major one that I wasn't really supplementing with before. And I don't know if we mentioned it on a previous podcast, but when I got the MRI and I got the bloods done as well, um, bloods and urine, I got those results back and they were actually really good. Like there was nothing um, I was concerned with being like plant-based, like eating a vegan diet for the last, well, 10 years um, and not having any blood work done in that time frame. I was worried that like my iron levels would be really low, B12 would be low um, and I'll just be super deficient and maybe that would be a pretty big contributing factor to this injury. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, like all of those, all of those results came back really good. Like everything was in the normal range with uh, exception of like uh, a couple of, I think it was HDL or something that was 0.5 outside of the the normal range, but everything else was well within it. So yeah, it's a good question. Um, but calcium has been the main one that's been um, recommended. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was going to mention to you boys, actually, uh, I know we haven't had any guests on the podcast, but um, Rose was really keen to, to jump on and maybe have a little, if it was at the end of one of our regular podcasts, just like a 20 minute, half an hour interview going over potentially symptoms of, of running related injuries, like how to spot them early, how to know whether it's one that you can run through or not. Um and yeah, I suppose this is for the people listening as well. If you think, if, if you'd be interested in that kind of thing, um, she's probably about as knowledgeable as anybody I've ever spoken to about this kind of stuff. She's got an answer for every question that I throw away. Um, so yeah, maybe one for a, for a future episode, get her on for a little, a little interview. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, d- yeah, definitely. Cool. On, on, on the supplements thing, uh, I think vitamin D is the other one that's good for bones yeah. because I think vitamin D is what, um, again, you guys know I'm like with science, so this could be wrong, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure vitamin D is what helps your body absorb calcium from foods if you see what i mean so like rather than having to supplement with calcium itself you take vitamin d and it helps you get calcium through the food that you're already eating so that could be a potential another one to take that makes sense yeah i've I've added vitamin vitamin d and vitamin k i think something like that k12 how many tablets how many tablets do you reckon you take a day now ben uh i've got my pure i'm not i'm not taking a piss i'm actually asking I, i know this guy takes about 50 a day i've got i take uh four pure sport capsules uh two of these bone capsules and then this vitamin d tablet so i'm up to what's that eight Six, a day. seven tablets a day yeah bloody hell mm. good but lad you may you may as well get it up to 10 at this point <laughs> yeah maybe some uh fish oils some omega-3 yeah. or something like that but it's, it shows that once you get into a habit of it like you you don't really think about it now right ben you just send them down the hatch of your breakfast or your morning coffee or whatever and it's not yeah it's not a thing. Whereas I think it can be quite daunting at first when you think about supplementation, like, Oh, I don't know what to take. I don't know which brand to get this, that, and the other, but once you actually get past that barrier and settle into a routine, it just becomes like nature, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. To take them. Um, It's always felt a little bit uneasy for me taking any form of like supplement or even medication. Like I'm one of those people, if I get a headache, I'd rather just 
fight it off myself rather than take paracetamol. So yeah. initially I I was a little bit hesitant to start taking supplements, but at the end of the day, I've got to prioritize my health and and stay in injury free. So if these little capsules or tablets or whatever are going to help me, then yeah, that's my reasoning behind taking them every day. They might be doing absolutely nothing, but um, you never know. Hopefully I can mitigate something like a stress fracture or um, a bone related injury through supplements. I don't know, but yeah, that's just my thinking behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we're at at the moment in a good, well, in about as good a place as it can be at, at this stage. Um, so yeah, cross training, should have some actual training to talk about on the podcast, albeit not running from kind of next week onwards. Mm. Um, and hopefully for anybody, you know, that I've spoken to is dealing with injuries and whatnot at the moment, it's, uh, yeah, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel that even though it's, it's it was a pretty bad one to get at the time that I got it um I'm still like looking forward to potentially being back running tail end of summer and getting you know a decent amount of uh yeah decent amount of running done before it turns to winter again and hopefully be racing you know October November December time um and be in a place where I'm not going to get obviously everyone gets injured, but not get injured to this degree again, based off the stuff that I've learned and getting in the gym properly and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, hopefully it will be a little journey to follow along with. Um, so getting yeah. back running. Maybe, maybe we can have a nice little trip out to uh, Valencia or something. If Ben races, oh. you might either, well, I'm not going to say you're doing a marathon, but maybe you'll have some sort of work related thing. I can just pop along and, and just hold hands. <laughs> That'd be a nice little trip. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I've got some spoiler news. I'm not doing Valencia this year, I don't think. Oh, no. are you allowed to? Say, are you allowed to say why, or is that just? You <laughs> no, just a personal to... decision, really. Oh, um, okay. I thought you were going to say, oh, it's because I'm doing the Timbuktu marathon. No, I just had the bad experience last year with Valencia, yeah. and I'm not prepared to put like a 12, 14 week training block in again for then it to go tits up again. I'm, I'd rather pick something else. So. At the moment, I'm thinking Seville in February. That's my ne- that'll be my next one. Yeah, nice, nice, good, good plan, good Sweet. plan. Yeah, Shall I uh, go, go through my week? You go. For yeah, it. go for it. Mate. Cool. So uh, Monday, I I didn't land until late on the. Oh, oh no! I actually landed on Monday morning, so I just ran in the afternoon uh, when I was back in the UK. Just did forty minutes easy, so about five point six miles at seven twelve per mile. Um, just yeah, easy little jog on Monday afternoon. Tuesday, I was back into a session. So my race was on the Saturday. So I kind of had a couple of days. I was a little bit fatigued from travel. So didn't do anything too intense. Um, But the main group had 400s quite fast. They had 14 400s. So rather than doing them at a higher intensity, I did them at kind of more of a moderate pace. But rather than having a complete rest in between each one, I had a float in between. So it's essentially 400 at between 67 and 70 seconds per lap so that's like what four 435 to 440 per mile that was like the on rep and then i would have a 400 in 85 to 90 seconds so that's like um 540 to six minute miling so it was kind of like a fart leg if you will but because the group session was on the track that's where i did it um so that worked out at 6.7 miles at 513s um so yeah essentially like a tempo but running it in a bit more of a difficult way so that yeah. was a pretty good, pretty good session, uh, and always easier, as you lads know, just to be able to do it with a group. So for them to have reps that could kind of carry me around and just to have other people on the track is always great. 
Um, so that was Tuesday. Wednesday, I had... Um, did I have a double? Yes, I did. So Wednesday morning, I did 8.1 miles at 647s. Um, this was all on trails. This was a, a nice little run. Weather was good too. And in the evening, I had 3.58 miles at 707s. Um, so this week and supposed to be the, the week that we're recording, albeit things have not worked out necessarily that way. I'm trying to increase the volume just a little bit um, by adding a few extra doubles in. So rather than have just one run on a Wednesday, this one turned into a double. And then later in the week, I did a, a couple as well. So that's the, the reason for splitting that run up. Um, Thursday, I had 8.63 miles in the morning with strides. So that was just four times 15 second um, strides. And then I doubled back in the evening just for three miles at 650s. Um, so decent amount of volume in those two days, um, but with literally no intensity as Friday, which I'll come on to now, was a pretty hard session. Um, this was kind of the first introduction to VO2 max in the year. So I've got pretty good natural speed and all of the kind of build up thus far has been about just getting in as much strength work as I can, focusing on like mainly tempo related stuff and, you know, 5k pace kind of stuff. But now building in towards the summer, I need to specifically do a bit more speed endurance and sort of top end VO2 max work. Um, so this session was five sets of 800, 60 seconds rest, 300. And then between each set, I had two and a half minutes. Um, and the 60 second rest between the 800 and 300 was, was a 200 meter jog. Mm -hmm. and, the two, and then the two and a half minute rest between the sets was a 300 meter jog and then just static. Um, so these were um, basically for every rep was 208 to 210 for the 800 and then 43 to 46 for the 300. So that's like 64, 65 second laps um, for the eight. And then I don't know what that works out at 400 for the 300s, but pretty fast. Um, and yeah, almost this... 60 second laps, basically. Mm. Yeah, there are thereabouts. Um, but yeah, this was a pretty tough session, actually. Um, just, I think, a mixture of the decent amount of volume that was already in my legs, the weather not being ideal, being by myself. It was, yeah, like pretty tough. In an ideal situation, I'd want to get that down to kind of being, you know, the last few reps being like 204 for the 800 and like 42 for the 300, which I think is more reflective of like the, the shape I'm in. But it's one of those situations where you just got to get done what you can on the day still pretty solid and the first introduction to any kind of lactic work in the year i always find pretty difficult um it's such a different sensation to doing longer reps or you know things that are more within your comfort zone so yeah pretty solid session um and i was yeah pretty tired from that so i know i'd given it a good go would you say that's more of a i don't know how would you describe that in terms of um race specific like would you say it's a 3k session a 1500 meter session no it's definitely a 1500 session but on the strength side of things so often mm, i think people feel volume, like isn't it yeah people feel that a session can only be specific if you're running at your race pace which i don't think is true it's about experiencing the um the like physiological impact that you're going to experience in the race so for example if your 1500 meter pace is 60 second laps you don't have to train at 60 second laps, but you have to train to experience the type of lactic that you're going to experience in the race. So you mm. might do some reps at a 56 second lap, which is like, well, 
technically that's not specific, is it? Because it's way it's four seconds faster than your race pace is, and you might do some stuff at 62, 63 second laps, which is slightly slower. But if you merge those reps into the same session, you're gonna build up enough lactic to experience what your body's gonna go through when you are racing at those 60 second laps. Um, so yeah, definitely the focus being 1500, and the focus being you're building up enough lactic on the 300s by running them pretty fast, 43, 44 seconds, that then you've got two and a half minutes to flush out enough of it to make sure your 800 is still quality, but the residual over the course of five sets is going to build up and build up and build up, so you are consciously having to work much harder. Um, well, that's the kind of desired effect, I believe. Yeah, no, that makes I a love, lot of sense. I love hearing you talk about running, Callum. It's like dirty talk, the way you <laughs> rattle through it all. <laughs> that is really good. I love asking these questions and getting a response like that because I'm like, yeah, obviously that's what the session was designed for. But like looking at it in your training week, I'm like, why Why are you doing an eight, then a three? And like, what that doesn't make sense. And why have you done 60 seconds and two and a half minutes? Mm. Um, but then, yeah, having you explain it like that it makes makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, and it is, it's, it's random. Like a lot of the stuff is random. And I have to ask Nick a lot of questions, my coach. Like this now nowadays he's been coaching me for so long now that I basically understand why everything has a certain place and he doesn't have to break it down. But yeah. there's a lot of things where I'm like, ah, oh, shall I do this or that? Or there's a lot of nuances to the training where sometimes I feel like I need to check, like, oh, will it be okay if I take an extra 15 seconds rest? Because like some of the guys want to do that, and some that sometimes will be like, yeah, it makes no difference in this case, and sometimes will be like, ah, well, actually, no like that's going to slow down these recoveries or it's going to make this happen or whatever. So yeah, some stuff can be super specific, but um, yeah, it just depends kind of the deeper we get into the summer, the more it matters um, for like my own individual training rather than just the um, like just getting generally fit. If you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that was Friday, Saturday. I, Oh, sorry. I had a double on Friday. Ah, so I did. Okay, so I did that session in the morning and then I had a jog in the evening. Um, I just did three and a half miles at 6.53s, um, so just 25 minutes. Um, that is an interesting colourway you got right there of them, of them uh, what are they, forever runs? Yeah, forever and nitro. Some, I, don't, I think it's the colourway that they did in collaboration with Size, so I, I hmm. can't actually see them on the Puma website, but I actually thought there would be a bit of a gimmicky shoe when they said they'll send me a pair. I thought, oh, like, it's free, so I'm going to take them, but, like, I don't know how they're going to be. Um, but I've actually worn them for every run, almost, since I got them. I really like them. I think they're really oh, good. No. Um, they're they're so like not... a mileage shoe, right? Yeah, I've not done anything fast in them, but I've done, like, long runs, easy jogs, like I think I did strides. Maybe I did some strides and they felt really nice actually. I was very surprised. Yeah. It's the Forever Run Nitro, isn't it? Ben, it's like their subtle support shoe. So it's right. if you if you're a neutral runner, you can wear it any difference. But if you need a little bit of support, it's got like a run guide system and the geometry of the midsole and like the forefoot area. Um etc. Is it like it's a, like a Sockany shift, maybe then? Uh yeah, sort of, or like a Saucony um, Tempus, like that mm -hmm. kind of deal. So it's still a great shoe for, for general mileage, but um, really nice and supportive as well. So, yeah, good option. I'm glad you're enjoying those, Callum. Yeah, very nice. Um, so Saturday, I went out in the afternoon just for a single. I had 5.9 miles at 6.49, so just another 40 minutes um, just to yeah get out and do a little run. Nothing crazy. 
and Sunday I had a long run. So I did 14.63 miles at 6.47s, an hour and 40. And I can tell you from this was a this was a nice run in terms of we had a great group. We went round to Jep, one of the Cambridge guys' house afterwards, had some pancakes. He's you know. a mile in now, isn't he? He's, well, he can run a great mile, but uh, he's actually pacing Copenhagen half marathon this weekend. So I don't think he wants half to be classified marathon. as a half marathon. marathon. No, marathon. Yeah. Yeah. He's not running the full marathon, though. He's only pacing it to half. Sorry. Um, that's what I was, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everything was set up for this run to be great. And when I, I saw a cycle to Jep's house, maybe like three miles from where I lived before I started the run, and on the way there, I was thinking, Oh, I don't like maybe is it maybe it's just because it's early or something like I feel a bit like groggy or I don't know what it is but I'd had my normal breakfast and everything I was thinking it's fine and honestly about three miles into this run I was like I feel fucked like I feel really <laughs> really fatigued and like, I was like surely it's not still from Friday because I know Friday had been a hard session I was like it was hard but it wasn't that bad like I feel really like energy depleted and then maybe 10 miles into the run I was thinking like you know when you're, you're thinking like I wonder if there's a shorter way to get home at this point and my muscles were really fatigued like my calves and my hamstrings I was like this is just an easy run at like you know not nothing crazy should be going on here and anyway I got back I'm supposed to have these nice pancakes I could only eat one of them I thought right now you know something's definitely wrong you've only eaten one pancake and you normally have about 20 um and yeah that's that's when I thought mm, something's not right here, and as you'll find out in the next episode, it was a spiral of decline since. So, um, <laughs> yeah, this was a, a good a good week Monday to Sunday morning, um, seventy three point one miles. Um, so bank some good training, um, but yeah, shame to finish on a on a slight low. But hopefully, you can tell from my upbeat attitude on this episode, which we're recording on a Wednesday. I'm hoping that um, by tomorrow I should be back doing a little little easy jog or something again, and. Uh, not all is lost. That's good. What do you reckon it was then? Something you ate on that Friday night, uh, Saturday night, then maybe. I, I honestly, honestly, I don't know. Um, because so Alice is uh, dodgy cooking there on Saturday, maybe. Oh, I can't blame her. I wish it. I wish I could easily blame it on something like that. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I can't put my finger on what it is. But I think it's just a bit of a. Uh, bit of a stomach bug that's that's gone around but you know when you just feel like you've got no energy really fatigued and you just get so dehydrated um yeah not 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 good but i'm hoping i touch wood i don't get ill very often like literally it's like an annual thing that i get a bit ill so i'm hoping i've got it out of the way now and i'll be uh in fighting fit health for the rest of the year sounds good right shall we um jump in some some running news this week before we let tom uh head back to work on his lunch break Ugh. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go for it. Shall I um, go through some sound running uh, stuff first? Yeah, go for it. Cool. Yeah, so it was the sound running uh, track festival in America, in California, on Saturday, I think it was. Um, and there was a lot of Brits that actually had... Um, oh, sorry, my WhatsApp's going crazy. There was a lot of Brits that ran, so I thought I would give some of them a shout out. So in the 5K, Johnny Davis ran 13.16, and that's the European lead at the moment. And he's had like a terrible last few years with injury and stuff like that, Hoker athlete. So shout out Johnny Davis for that. And Jack Rowe Rowe was close behind. He ran 13.20, albeit they were actually in. Johnny was in the A heat and Jack was in the B heat. So Jack did finish second, I believe, in the B heat. So still a great run. Uh, PBs for both of them. So great running. Henry McClucky was also in that same race. He ran 13.36 for a PB. 
um, and sl slightly faster than the time that he won Armar in as well. So those were some cracking times. And then in the 800, oh, in the 800, Thomas Staines, who is not too well known in the UK, just because since he went out to uni in America years ago, he just stayed there and is still based there for training. But he ran 148. Um, and if you watch that 800, because a lot of people did, because it had Jared Nagus and Garcia Roma and people in, he took it out really hard from the front and went through in like 50 seconds. So. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, <laughs> brave boy. But he has run 145, to be fair. So that's kind of what you got to do if you want to run 145. Um, and then final one from a British perspective was Charlie Grice, who is getting better and better as the summer goes. Uh, he ran 338 in the 1500 for second second or third i think uh in the b race so good. Shout, shout out to him he raced another race recently out in america didn't he uh yeah he's he's out there now he's part of a very nice track club uh very nice i don't believe he has i don't believe he's with the adidas anymore just because i saw pictures and he was wearing a load uh, of random kit yeah i did see that he's, well he was wearing like um nike spikes so i thought yeah he definitely must be out of contract or something but yeah, yeah, that was that was the results from. Uh, there was loads of other races, by the way. With like, obviously, there was loads of American results and people that did well here, there, and everywhere. But just to touch on a British perspective, otherwise we'd be here all day. So yeah, that was the uh, Sound Running Track Festival. No, I think that was a good take on it actually, because yeah, I mainly looked at the results and saw like um, you got Yared Nagusi won the eight hundred, and then you had um, oh, what's the Cooper Tier? Uh, Cooper Tier, yeah, he won the. 5k in a pretty impressive like finish so it's good to hear some british perspective there um in other running news i just want to quickly touch on the diamond league um, we had the first diamond league of the season uh, out in doha um, and i did a little bit of research on the diamond league uh, if people are interested in hearing so there's going to be um 14 uh diamond league meets this year in the 2023 season um, across four continents. So there's going to be one in China, which is the first time we've ever had a, a Diamond League in China over the next five months um, before the final in September, uh, which will be in Oregon, uh, Eugene, Oregon. Um, so we've got those to look forward to over the next few months. Um, I tuned in on, on May the 5th for the Doha meet. And yeah, considering it was an early season, there was some, some pretty big names, um, sort of two races that, that took my eye that I thought would be worth mentioning. Uh, one of which was the women's hundred meter sprints. Uh, we don't really talk about sprinting much here on the podcast, but um, it was interesting to see Dina Asher Smith was out racing early season uh, and she lined up against uh, Shrika Jackson and Shakari Richardson of the U S and um, yeah, Shakari actually took the win, which she did quite convincingly. So it's good to see her in, in good form again. She ran 10.76 so nothing like sensationally fast, um, but at that point in the season, that was a really good matchup. And I always like watching the the sprints. I think they're really entertaining. Uh, and the was other she, was she wearing any uh, any jazzy kit? Was she wearing any? She was actually pretty Nike pretty kit? toned down. Actually, no oh. crazy kit, but she did have this bright red lipstick on. So I guess that was her like uh, her statement piece. This shiny red lipstick. So yeah, no fish got the win. And... No fishnets and vajazzles like normal, no? No, she didn't have her claws on, I don't think. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, great race. Good one to watch. And then the other one I wanted to just quickly mention was the men's 3,000 metres. Um, you had an absolutely stacked field for this one. Um, uh, in the results, you got Timothy Chariot, and he came fifth in this race. Um, so it just goes to show how 
how crazy fast and um, the amount of talent in it. It was won by Germa, uh, who's the 3K world record holder indoors. Uh, and he beat uh, Solomon Brega for second, who is the Olympic champion. And Aragawi was in third, who's the 5K world record holder on the road. Um, and the, in fourth place as well was the world record holder for the steeplechase, uh, El Bacali. So, yeah, unbelievable uh, race in terms of uh, having some big names there, especially early season. It was a really good one to watch. Um, sort of Aragawi took it out hard uh, and then uh, Germa and Brega sort of just settled in. Uh, and Germa, yeah, looked super strong. He's such a tall athlete. I don't know if you've seen him running, but his stride length is just in, insane compared to somebody like Brega. Um, and he made it look fairly easy, to be honest. So, yeah, good race to watch if you want to look at the highlights. Um, and, yeah, that was the, the Diamond League. The next one is in Rabat on the 28th of May. And I believe that's where uh, I think Jake Whiteman's making his return to racing, I think, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, I think he might be actually doing the one in June in Florence as his first one, but I could be wrong. Ah, OK. Either Rabat or Florence, the, the next one or the, the third one in the calendar. But yeah, any other news? Um, I don't think there's been that many races that we could actually um, cover, to be honest. I guess the only other thing was the, and again, it's kind of come out this week-ish, um, but they did announce at the Florence Diamond League, some of they're trying to build a bit of hype in advance. And the fact that uh, Fred Curley and Marcel Jacobs, two of the, the top sprinters in the world, have been having this kind of ongoing beef slash i don't know how serious it is or i guess there's a serious edge to it um yeah. on twitter saying like you know basically fred curly being like no one can beat me marcel jacobs like responded with a picture of him beating curly saying like where were you when it mattered and like <laughs> yeah. they've been basically going back and forth about who's gonna beat each other and they're now it turns out gonna actually race on june the second so that i think is really good for the sport to build up a rivalry like that um because even if look even if one of them pulls out or it doesn't actually happen it's not really about the spect about it happening it's about the spectacle that it could happen that'll sell more tickets or get people thinking like oh when's this happening or what time's the sprint on because these two are racing that kind of thing so um yeah as we tend to often say on this podcast sometimes you need a little nasty edge or like some kind of controversy to to stir things up a little bit and this is exactly what these two guys have done they're happy to put their money where their mouth is sort of thing it's and, kind of uh, taken like a um a YouTube boxing type uh, stance. I don't know if you saw it, but um, Marcel uh, Jacobs put on his Instagram today like a reel of him wearing boxing gloves um, and sort of like <laughs> going through the motions in the gym. And it just, I don't know, it made me laugh a little bit. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing them face off. I reckon, who's your money on, by the way, guys? Who do you reckon takes the win over 100 meters? Well, well, I'm still not even sure if Marcel Jacobs is going to make it there. You know, the guy's very injury prone. Yeah. Um, and the form that Curly's in, I would probably say Curly, but yeah, yeah. like I mean, you got to give Jacobs credit where it's due. Like he has pulled it out of the bag where it, when it's counted in major championships. So um, you can never really write him off. But I hope Curly wins because he's doing a lot of good stuff for the sport, like by just being a bit of a character. But yeah. he also seems, he, I get the impression he's a pretty humble guy. Like when I look at him, I don't think, oh, you're arrogant and you're this and that. I do think, okay, yeah, you're pretty loudmouth guy and you back yourself. Um, but he doesn't really, he doesn't piss me off. You know what I mean? I quite like it. Mm. What do you reckon, Tom? Yeah, I, I love a rivalry, to be honest. I think there should be, there should be more of it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's always nice when you get two Titans. Obviously, Jacob's going to Puma. 
as well is a, a big deal with Curly going to ASICs. It's like two X Nike, right? Signing with other brands and sparking up a rivalry. I yeah. like it. Very nice. Yeah, I'm good um, to see him go head to head. That's yeah, on the 2nd definitely. of June, if people are interested in watching that one go down. Um, Lovely stuff. Should we jump yeah. into some... Um... Oh, go on, go on, Tom. No, I was going to say, the only other bit of news we got on here is Mark Zuckerberg running 1932 <laughs> for 5K. Um, yeah, added that in there Nike for you, Tom. Pegasus 32. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I saw that pop up. I thought, surely that's an old picture. What is he doing? Why is he wearing, like, nine-inch shorts and Pegasus 32s, eh? That's probably the last time he went for a run. He's got more money than, you know, than almost anybody on the planet, right? Why is he wearing Pegasus 32s? When did the Pegasus 32 come out? It's eight iterations to go. I'd be interested yeah. to know. Anyway, not really running news, but I just thought I'd add here's, that. Here's, here's, here's a question for the people out there. I'd love to know who is the fastest CEO out there. Mm. The fastest billionaire. That's what I we'll want to know. We'll have to put on some kind of like um, restrictions on this because you can't just tell me you're a CEO of like some company you've made up <laughs> and you're actually a professional runner. <laughs> like maybe a, a a Fortune 100 or whatever. I wonder who the fastest CEO out there is because that could really, um, you know, a, a lot of these people are very driven and successful. And I reckon if there was a competition, they'd they'd get a good training plan together and um, he'd soon swap them out for some vapor flies if he knew it counted, I'm sure. I, I reckon that's say, a good um, YouTube video. Yeah. Your, your next YouTube video, Callum. <laughs> also, when, when we were talking about Curly and Jacobs, right, do you reckon it would be good for the sport of running this is or, or bad for the sport if they did like one of those boxing matches, like a social media boxing match? What, they, if they have a, a good fight? fight. That would be a good fight, wouldn't it? No, that would be the worst thing ever. What a mockery. So you want them to have a scrap as well as a race? Yeah. No, ridiculous. Get them well, on a they do a hundred meter sprint and then has... you just set up a ring no, no, in the middle no, no, of no, the no. arena. No, 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 no. You know, like all the um, YouTube boxing stuff that's been going on over the last few years, right? That does stupid numbers. Just get one of them. Get them on the undercard and then give a bit of a a hype up of who they are and what they do. And, um, <laughs> jokes yeah. aside, jokes aside, what would be really class here and they should really think about is when the main contenders do a mandatory press conference before whoever mm. is hosting that slash asking the questions should be very manipulative with the type of questions they're asking like obviously respectful but you really have to probe them to give some answers about like you know in boxing when they do a face-to-face -face yeah. and and one of the blokes just says right james why you why do you think you're going to knock him out and then james is like just because i'm going <laughs> to smash his face in like there's no way you can beat me like he's actually going to sleep like imagine if he just says to Fred Curley, like, I, do you think you're going to win? I'll just ask him something. And Curley's just like, yeah, like, there's no one out there that can beat me, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Jacobs will definitely react. And then I think they're the sort of viral clips that you need because if you lay it out on the line and say you're going to win and then you don't win, you know that that reel is getting made. And yeah. similarly, if you do say something really cold and you're like, yeah, I'm going to win, like no one can beat me. And then you do win, you get that kind of victory reel, if you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I think they've got to do some kind of press conference and stir up some beef. And then, you know what? If they square up to each other at the end of the race, that'd be good as well. Maybe a little bit of pushing or something. There we go. There we go. But the problem I is with the longer distance. <laughs> <laughs> with, like, longer distance stuff, right? Like, you listen to interviews with Kelvin Kipton after London Marathon or Emil. Like, they're too nice. They're never, ever going to give it the big one. Like, it's just... that That's the problem. You never... 
it's very difficult to get a rivalry between two, you know, like East Africans, for example, in like Valencia Marathon. So it's it's harder, isn't it, to be a... But shall I tell you what I think some of the problem is, though? In distance running, a lot of it is about keeping calm and relaxed. None, yeah. of, it, none of it's really explosive. Like I'd argue 800 is is the and maybe 1500 you could get away with where you need some kind of explosive power and it's all about caffeine and getting pumped up for the marathon it's just about holding it together at a set pace that you've decided for at least 20 miles and then you might start racing some of the other guys unless you're in like the top 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 one percent that can just go crazy like kipton so i think there's not as much kind of hype and pump up pumped upness about it whereas like if you're a hundred meter sprinter well I'm again. I'm making this up because I've never done 100 meters. But I can imagine you just get absolutely just pumped up to the max. You've got like, to be right. And yeah, exactly. It's like dog racing. Surely your your coach <laughs> takes you down, puts you in the blocks, and then you're off. You know what I mean? Get as fast as you can. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, more adrenal, isn't it? Whereas marathon running, you almost want the opposite. You want to be as yeah calm and relaxed as possible for as long as possible. Total opposite. Different sport entirely, pretty much, isn't it? It is when really. You think about it. The other thing that could be great is, is similar to how they have in boxing is bring the coaches in. So like mm. get the coaches impact or like, you know, people that can speak on behalf of their, their athlete, if you know what I mean, and give us some insight into how they've been training or how they think they're going to beat the other person. That'd be good. Yeah. yeah running really so far behind. Coaches. No, not at all. Run, running so far behind in that regard, like you're saying, Callum, with like the press conferences and stuff, no one, you know, no one's really clambering to watch them. Because there's not going to be, you know, there's not going to be any excitement or anything really groundbreaking said. Whereas, you know, you look at combat sports; it's like the one of the most exciting parts is that that final press conference where they get them all together and square them off. And you know, you don't have anything like that with running, really. Um, it's because now everyone, especially this year, because in in the year that we're in, everyone will go. Yeah, so my, my focus is to qualify for Budapest. And then as we get a bit closer, they'll ask the people that have qualified, they'll go, my goal is to get a medal or my, my goal is to win mm. gold. Like, I want to be champion. And then for people that didn't make it, they'll go, yeah, my focus is on the Olympics for next year. And then you roll over to next year and everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just getting ready for the Olympics this year. There's no immediate things. This is why I love this, because no one even knew there was a Diamond League in Florence until mm. it went everywhere. And it was like, oh, now that's the one to watch out of all the Diamond Leagues, because you know that that head-to-head is going to happen um so yeah i think the more of this the better definitely right tom mate do you want to head off one or let's do, do, let's, s- do let's do a couple of listener questions go on let's wrap yeah it. We, we're so well, close we, now we might as well wrap it up yeah right, we've mate. got to, we've got to start with mary because we mentioned we her in to, the yeah. uh, introduction <laughs> so tom this one's for you this was from mary whittle she's um by the way i've paraphrased all of these questions so this she wrote it in way more plight than this um, basically she struggles um, with severe DOMS in her calves, but not anywhere else in her body. And it's particularly notable. Um, do you have any advice for her? She um, already regularly stretches and does foam rolling and stuff like that. So lads, any advice for, for bad DOMS in the calves? Mm, that's a tough one. Uh, I reckon if she's looking at getting fitter and um, you are struggling with DOMS in the calves, that's probably caused by the running. So maybe you want to add more, um, sort of cross training like elliptical stuff bike stuff uh to build like aerobic fitness so that you don't have to go out and run all the time which is causing the pains in your legs i don't know is that good advice i've not i've got no idea i don't know i think i'd I'd say if you're not doing any gym work i'd say focus on strengthening your calves more yeah so they can so they can afford to take more if you see what i mean because they're just getting 
essentially it suggests that they're weaker. That's why they're fatiguing for longer. So I would try and load your calves more isometric exercises on like the steps in your house. Um, or this, you could just YouTube any kind of calf exercises and there'll be loads there. And then the only other thing I could think of was maybe wearing compression sleeves com- or what mm. are they called? Calf sleeves. But again, I don't know when you're supposed to wear them. Are you supposed to run in them <laughs> or do you wear them after you run? I've never really known what you do with them, to be honest. The only time I ever wear them is like on a long haul flight. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know when you wear them. Tom, you know a lot about running kit. When do you wear them? I think <laughs> compression generally when I used to wear them I always used to wear them after running it just felt you know when you put your legs up against the wall right and you feel the blood flowing out of your your legs yeah it just felt like I could get that sort of sensation but without having to do that like while still walking around and stuff I would never really run in them um but for, for Mary I think it's it's a difficult one do, do you know any information about her in terms of like uh her running ability like average pace on her runs and that kind of stuff i've, I've got absolutely no okay because generally if her if she's um a faster runner and her foot strike is more right up on the forefoot which again as a sweeping generalization women are, go- are going to typically have higher arches than men right so if you've seen like the barber, like the the barber sisters run, like they are so forefoot heavy um, that it could be a gait related thing that running up on your right up on your toes is uh, putting more load on calf Achilles type area, or it could be if she's if Mary's a, a newer runner and maybe um, perhaps a slightly slower runner, then increased ground contact time of running you know six minute Ks, six thirty minute Ks, whatever it might be. Um, is just always going to put more um, more stress through that area, right? So that's what that's what I would assume. It could be a gait thing. It could be a footwear thing. Um, but if she's got a little running shop local where there's, or she can get somewhere where she could just try on loads of different shoes. Don't have to buy them, but just see if there's any like immediate alleviation of running in a shoe with a slightly higher drop, maybe, or mm. a slightly lower drop or you know just experiment in that way um i think that's how she'll get the answers because if it's just doms then it's not injury right it's if it's consistent after every run she gets sore calves on both sides and it feels quite symmetrical then it's probably a gait or a footwear related thing i'd assume solid advice very solid, very solid. Well, while you're on a roll, Tom, let me fire you another question. Mary, I hope that helped. Sorry if our, <laughs> if our advice wasn't that good. Another question that I thought would be good for you, Tom, is from Claire, who asked, how many miles should she be looking to get out of her Saucony Endorphin Pro 3? Um, because she's not really sure how long they should last or you know what type of run she should wear them for. So as as the shoe guy here, Ben, no offence. Um, I'm taking Tom, it. Ben's the shoe advice? guy as well. I think... Um... Generally, it's same with most super shoes these days. It, there used to be a consensus that you can only wear super shoes. You can only get your Vaporflies out for race day or they will literally disintegrate if you do anything else in them. And it's just not the case anymore. Like my, my Endorphin Pro 3s have probably got upwards of 100k on them and they're still in great nick. Um, so I, I don't think you have to be super cautious. But as a rule of thumb, I don't know what you think, Ben, but I'd say out of the super shoes that I've got, you know, 200, 300K in, it's normally about that 200, 250 kilometers mark. So what's that in miles? Like 150 miles around there that they start to lose a little bit of their pop and you can notice a difference. Um, 
so yeah, don't be too concerned about wearing them. Um, but yeah, generally, I'd say 200k-ish. Anything after that, um, you'd notice a, a, a fairly sizable difference in a new pair, I reckon. Mm, yeah, I'd agree. Uh, I feel like with the, the Saucony Pro 3s that I've got, they seem to have lasted pretty well. So um, I personally wouldn't be too concerned with getting upwards of 250, 300 kilometers in them. Um, they're probably going to deteriorate a little bit in terms of responsiveness, but they're still going to be a great shoe uh, until they start falling apart. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about it either. Decent. And a similar a similar question following on from it, Ben. A guy who it, the account didn't have a name. It's called Grind Me Some Beans. So it must be one of your <laughs> likely like likely's come from one of but your. I followers. love it. I love it. Normally, normally when you click on like the username, they've then written you know John or whatever their name is. No, this, <laughs> this this guy's just called Grammys or, or girl is just called Grammy Some Beans. Um, but they uh, recently ran a one thirty seven half marathon and don't I presume don't have super shoes at this point. And they basically asked should they get any super shoes or at their pace, will it not make much of a difference? I.e., I think they were saying, am I too slow to get super shoes essentially? Mm-hmm. Um, ben, what do you think make much of a difference or what? Yeah, I, I get this question asked quite a lot um, on my YouTube videos of people suggesting that maybe they're too slow to, to run in carbon racing shoes. Uh, and my opinion or my advice, I guess, is that everyone should has is entitled to give them a go. Like, at the end of the day, a carbon plate makes you a more efficient runner. So whether you're running uh, three-minute kilometres or six-minute kilometres, you still should uh, feel a benefit from wearing a carbon racing shoe. So my advice would obviously be if you want to get faster at the half marathon, then hopefully you've still got uh, more training that you can do to make you faster over the distance. But if in the immediate future you want to buy yourself a pair of carbon racing shoes to see if they make you faster, then I think, yeah everyone's entitled to to give them a go there's definitely no sort of bad repercussions of somebody who's slower uh for the half marathon of at buying a pair of like vapor flies or Saucony endorphin pro threes or something like that and just giving a go and see how see how you get on um but yeah that would be my my take on it yeah i think everyone's a slightly different responder to carbon shoes so it makes more of a difference for some people than it does to others which is one of the controversial things about them all i would say and i say this to most people is if you think that your like level of training and competition warrants accessing like a one percent benefit or as nike would have you know you know a four or five percent benefit whatever you want to call it then absolutely go for it but Mm. if you're only running 15 miles a week and actually you easily have the capacity to run 30 miles a week. I promise you that the extra 15 miles a week that you run over the course of six, eight, 12 weeks will make way more of a difference, especially if you're a newer runner, than it will just slapping on the carbon shoes. Now, of course, if you've got the kind of disposable income and commitment and stuff to be like, actually, I know I'm going to keep doing this. You know, I'm not a kid. My feet aren't growing. Go ahead, you know, get the pair all good um but yeah i would always look inside your training first because that's where there will be way more of a benefit than just getting the carbon shoes and often like i would treat the carbon shoes as like a a cherry on top of the cake type thing where like it's the extra bonus and kind of reward for all the training that you've done knowing you're going to get that free extra boost compared to if you start running in the carbon shoes straight away then the only variable that you can now change is how hard you work at your training, which is not as fun as just slapping on a new pair of shoes. Um, so that's another way you could potentially think about it. Yeah, I like that. I think there's merit to to both both answers and both arguments. Like uh, I remember when I got my first pair of Vaporflies, I only I wore them like once in a blue moon. I really kept them on 
on ice and it was uh it was like a real experience every time i put them on whereas now having you know so many different carbon plated shoes like it the novelty wears off a little bit and you you do find yourself getting used to it right so yeah i think there's merit to to waiting a little bit longer maybe because you could definitely run faster than 137 without needing carbon shoes right um but if it's an enjoyment thing and you just want to try them out 137 for a half is definitely fast enough to notice a big benefit and a, a difference in how running feels um in like a regular trainer compared to a carbon shoe like 100 percent um so yeah i think both good answers but it's going to be up to uh yeah uh, you've just got to decide for yourself really just from a personal standpoint what you want to do yeah if you get some um grind me some beans then send us a pic of what super shoes you decide and if you grind some beans right and coffee's like a is it is it like a uh a shop or anything like an online coffee thing tom tom i literally just glanced at the account and hope you you see name. okay well yeah. if you're listening and you you grind your own beans and you've got your own coffee then um yeah send us some if you like and we'll we could do a coffee taste test on the podcast couldn't we well, that sounds very familiar to another podcast but yeah, yeah i love it oh does it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right we'll just right. sprinkle the good bits from the other running podcasts yeah exactly shall we shall we do one more question uh, and then fire off some listener shout outs. How about that? Sounds good to one me. Which one, you, All which right, one cool. are you going for? Well, I think um, that there's a really good question here um, from the running class teacher who says, if you could host a dinner party and invite anybody from the running community, who would it be and why? Now, they did say you could invite three people, but I thought that's going to take us way too long to all think of three people each. Um, so who would you invite if you could invite a person? um or, or three if you can think of three and the fact that it says the running community i'm guessing it doesn't have to be a professional runner it could be commentator um you know like uh, personality uh any anyone for the running community what are you thinking first of all the the running class teacher is a lovely bloke i met him um at the london marathon expo i can't remember his name off the top of my head but we had a good like half an hour chat he's a top bloke um but yeah, in terms of his question, who would I be inviting to a dinner party? Uh, I wouldn't mind a dinner party with Mo Farah, you know. I know it's probably one that everyone's going to say, but um, yeah, he's had a, a long uh, career in the sport. It'd be good to get his take on a few things. Um, so I think, yeah, he'd always be a good one. I think he'd be a good laugh as well after watching him on I'm a Celebrity. So he'd probably be my pick. I like on, that. Callum. I like that. Well, I, I'm in two minds here, but I think I'm going to go for Seb Coe. Because I think one, obviously, was a world-class runner. You can chat to him about his training methods and things that he used to do. But also, I want to speak to someone that's, like, involved with the sport. Like, I ain't got any clue how all this stuff goes on. And, like, how do you how do you just suddenly go about deciding you're going to host the Olympics and do a bid for it and then actually win it? And then how do you even organize it and all that kind of thing? So I think it'd be so interesting to, to speak to him. Um, and also how you go from being a professional athlete to then actually being, like, the head of athletics in the world. It's pretty cool. Um so yeah, also he's he's a pretty bougie guy, so he'd probably take us somewhere nice, wouldn't he, for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I'm grossly unprepared for this um, this answer. I was initially I was going to say um, Dave and Brad from the marketing department at New Balance Running. Bloody um, <laughs> <laughs> hell, you kisser! Because <laughs> honestly, you'd have you'd have a great time. Um, but uh, if I could have a dinner party. 
Oh. No one's gonna hold you to it. No one's gonna hold you to this forever. Just like if it's tomorrow and it's you know you got to just text the first running community person you got in your phone book. Who is it gonna be? I'd I'd have a dinner party with um my fellow comrade at Pro Direct Running, Lewis Collins. I think. Nice. Yeah. Good, nice. Good lad is Lewis. Always yeah. always good chat oh. with him. Always exciting and you could, stuff. You've, yeah, you've never you've never had lunch with him before, so you'd spend this special occasion <laughs> yeah. just doing that. Yeah. Not interested in world champions <laughs> yeah. or. Just Lewis Collins. No, that's how I've interpreted this question. It's like just a nice dinner party with someone from the running community. They don't have to be a gold bloody medalist. Um, but yeah, that's those, those would be my, my answers. Jake Whiteman was lovely as well. Dinner party with Jake Whiteman would be. Ben, would be I can't believe pleasant. you're not having you're not having dinner with Seth James Damore. <laughs> <laughs> and true love and the kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would, God, honest, I would love that. That's that's one thing I regret about going to Boston is not messaging Seth and being like, look, are you free for a coffee? Because as nice as it was to meet him in, in person, it was in, very much in the YouTube setting. Um, so I'd have loved to have had a proper chat with him. But um, anyway, that question was from Charlie, by the way, top bloke. So thanks for oh. sending that one in. Cheers, Charlie. And um, yeah, if you remember, we asked you for some listener shout outs, just any kind of achievements or, or things that you'd... Um you've done so i'll just rattle through through of them now so first was from uh babs fitness again no name on the account um but ben, babs. Ben, ben, babs. you might you might know who this is she was third lady home at the mayday 10 mile race which ben was the winner of which he mentioned earlier she ran a six minute pb but she said she did see ben and she was too shy to say hello so oh, ben no. why why are you putting people off mate what's wrong i don't know i'm just a scary like social media guy and i don't talk to me oh might bark in your face or something yeah so shout out babs fitness for the third place i don't know who um, she was unfortunately but yeah it would have been nice to to say hello to you but maybe at the next one see you there next year maybe yeah well done babs uh, matty carlton, yeah matty carlton ran his first marathon in 332 well done matty good job um a bloke called ben went sub three at london uh in his first attempt but he did spend 30 minutes lying on the floor in the fetal position um, because of cramps at the end of the race. Oh, nasty. Was that before uh, or after he crossed the finish line, do you reckon? Well, Ivory ran 2.29 and wasted 30 minutes <laughs> laying down and just scraped under three. I reckon it was at the end. Yeah, I reckon you're right. Uh, and the final one that we've got is from a bloke called Luke Myers, who I didn't actually know this that this guy was the guy that organised it, but I'm sure you guys will have seen Unsanctioned Athletics uh, going around a fair bit on Instagram. Mm -hmm. They're basically putting on uh, different, like unorthodox types of racing, like through shopping centres or like or like um, no direct route. You just got to go from this place to that place, get there as fast as you can. Just different types of like you're still running, but it's very untraditional. Um, and they've got a lot of momentum recently. They recently did an event with On at the new kind of store they're launching in Liverpool. Seen some of the videos and it looks a bit wild, but it's good to see. <laughs> yeah. It's it's good to see like, uh, you know, we're constantly saying we need to innovate and do stuff. And if you can get people out running in a different way and dress it up and brand it really well and make it cool, then um, that's good. So yeah, Luke wrote in and he asked if he could have a shout out for Unsanctioned Athletics. So clearly the podcast has a little bit of clout. So there you go, Luke. Hopefully I did a good job there. Luke, yeah, Luke's a good, good lad. Spoken to him a little bit um, about this stuff. A good runner as well himself. I think he's a 240 marathon man. Um, and yeah, I'm, like you say, I, I love something just a little bit different in the running space. Um, and it's all community focused and stuff as well, isn't it? This unsanctioned mm. stuff. It's not like 
a single winner. I think it's it's some of it like relays and you do it as part of a team and, and stuff as well. So it's yeah, yeah. It's good. It's all... I like it a lot. Go on, man. The winner of the race won't be necessarily the fastest person that shows up. Yeah. It's the it's the person that navigated around the city or like you said, shopping centre or whatever. So yeah, it looks like a good a good little addition to the sport. Um definitely one for more like run clubs, I'd say. Um probably wouldn't get your pro athletes turning up at something like that because of the the lack of rules and obviously Callum suggested it might be a little bit more dangerous or so on and so forth but yeah it looks like good fun definitely something I'd be up for giving a go if it wasn't so far away so if they ever do any races in in the Essex area then uh, yeah let me know and I'll, I'll come down I think that'd be good fun although what I will say is Samuel Mokes tends to go down a fair bit and he's run like 13 something for 5k and was kind of top 10 15 at the national cross so like serious runner so wow. they are they are mixing it in some you know it's not professional but some serious elite circles so yeah i definitely think if they expand it a little bit and put on things that are i think yeah, the definitely. point of it, it the point is that it has an underground feel to it it's not that it's marketing and marketed and promoted everywhere i think that's kind of the idea but um certainly if i kind of knew what the course was going to be in the format of the racing i could definitely be interested sweet boys i think Sounds that's good. been a decent episode what's everyone up to next week or um, this week yeah another week of, of threshold work um before some some three five k specific work probably the week after so another another week of hitting close to 100 miles of more boring sessions and then get to do some fast stuff on the track so yeah that's my week happy days tom what are you up to um i'll be doing some squats um some body weight squats and some resistance band exercises and that's 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 pretty much it shooting with a little video with uh ellis cross from hoka on friday which will be good fun um Lovely yeah stuff. that's me solid i'm gonna do a double run on monday and then i'm gonna proceed to shit myself for tuesday and wednesday <laughs> and then hopefully hope hopefully run for the rest of the week but we'll see we will <laughs> see indeed Oh dear! All right, lovely, what a lovely way to end it. Hey? Yeah, great way. On to that end. note, you, I can't wait for next week. You, you've got to keep it real. That's what the sponsors want. Yeah, exactly. All them sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard back from the microwave meals company. Um, no. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so yeah, it, Andrex, if you are listening, then you know, send some toilet rolls over. Yeah. <laughs> lovely stuff. All right, chaps. Nice speaking with you again, and uh, we'll we'll catch you next week. Yeah. All the best, boys. Cheers. Right. See you in the next one. 